and welcome to another episode of Brocephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brocephus, and this week we have someone I've known for I've known for quite a while. Uh, Chris Weiss, it's good to have you today. Yeah, thanks, Joseph. It's great. Oh, sorry, Brocephus. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. So. Oh, you can call me anything except late for dinner. Uh, <laughs> but we have had, uh, I was going through some music or going through some papers, and I found uh, the sheet, well, not really, it wasn't really sheet music, but I found music for a good, good father. I thought, there we go. I thought, man, this is a blast from the past. And for those who don't, who probably thinking, who in the world is who is Chris Weiss? He is. You wear many hats. I do. Talk I about do. As many hats. Mm. Well, they're they're all very large because I got a big head. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I do wear many hats. I teach guitar. I teach a little voice over the years. Right now, I currently don't have any vocal students, but um, I have have done that and. I teach actually now, Joseph. This is something new that you and I you you may not even know. I've been teaching at Asbury for the last couple of years. Been doing an adjunct spot out there where I teach some. I do some jazz improv. I've taught a praise band. Do some guitar lessons. Some different stuff out there. So that's fun and oh. diff, a little different experience working with college kids. I love that. And um, I I lead the music at South Elkhorn Christian Church here in Lexington. And uh, we have a, a pretty diverse music program. We do lots of different things um, and uh, lead the choir there and the praise band and the, the uh, arrange music for them. I'm a composer and a songwriter. And I also am a father and a husband. And so I do those as, as another hats that I wear and uh, record recording artists. So it, I have many, many, many hats. You still do the <laughs> choir? We do right now. Well, because of well, the... because of COVID and all that, we actually have stopped. Most of our members in our choir are older. Um, we have we do have a little bit of a mix. And the younger singers have um, done some singing um, in our worship services since, but uh, we have stopped choir currently just because there's not really. There's too many, too many risk factors, and we want to keep everybody safe. So, we uh, we have not been doing choir for this since March. Actually, it was our first Easter that we didn't have choir. I mean, since you know, since Jesus was on Earth. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's been a long. We've had choir just since the beginning of the church, and this was the first Easter that we didn't have it because you know. We, we really didn't even have a, we had an online Easter worship service that was recorded, but yeah. we, um, we didn't have it in person. So we didn't have choir and we have not met since we've been kind of talking and keeping up with each other online. And we do our worship services in person, but we do them outside. We have a, a big backyard at the church. It's a big lot field. And yeah. so people drive in and we've got a big old stage that we built that we um, do all of our stuff out there, which is really cool because it gets people, it, it's just something about online worship that it, you don't get together. You, you just yeah. don't get physically together. And when you're, even if you're sitting in your car next to somebody, you're, you're with them. You know, there's a, there's a sense of connection there and you're doing it together. And I think that's a good thing. So we yeah. meet, if, 
we do like a drive-in service sort of in the backyard that is really good uh um talk about what who have been who are some of your big big musical influences because you you are all over the place with music (laughs) who who were like i think of who is your mount rushmore of uh music Oh man. Okay, so music my musical tastes they come in categories. How's that? Yeah. It's your show. You can uh say <laughs> rephrase the question however you want to. Well, how much time you got cuz I could talk forever about music. <laughs> oh. Um literally. Um so <laughs> I would say oh man. So in my, you know, my musical taste spans from you know, gospel and and Christian music, and it's all the way over to classical, all the way over to just secular pop music, um, folk music, all kinds of stuff. Bluegrass, I love bluegrass music. Um, so when you say what's my top, uh, the cat's pajamas, I man, I don't know if I could pick one, but I could I could talk a little bit, um, just some different some different things. Maybe maybe it'd be good to kind of start um, talking about church music a little bit. And yeah, my big honestly, my biggest influence in church music is um, my mother. Um, and she, so my mom was a, a musician as well, and she was she's um, since passed, but she was a um, pianist and a vocalist, and she taught music in the schools and. Um, so she did a lot of different things as well. <laughs> and that's a part of what she, I mean, she grew up, so she grew up in the era, she was a teenager when the Beatles were becoming popular, when Elvis was doing his thing. So she grew up in a really, her teenage years were in the, in the late 50s and her 20s were in the early, in like the 60s. So you can imagine if you know as much as you know about music in in that time frame and just culture in general was a big shifts. There's yeah. a lot of stuff happening, and um, some in some ways like it is now. And she experienced all of that, and so she had huge, wide, varying tastes in music herself. And um, so we would, you know, spend just hours and hours and hours just as we as we went places and as we did stuff listening, the music was always on. And um, so a lot of my influence come from her, you know, and she took it upon herself to make sure I was experiencing music and doing music. Mm. You know, I've been doing music professionally since I was like eight. Um, Yeah. I was in um, a couple of operas as a child, as a boy soprano. Um, uh, in professional operas in Cincinnati and stuff, so which was which was pretty cool um, experience that she that she worked out for me, um, and so you know with those experiences, that's that's kind of the classical world, obviously, um, the the theater, music, operatic world. Uh, that's a different world, um, but I started playing guitar when I was ten, and um, and that experience, of course led me down a different path as well for a long time. Um, and I learned at church, I was leading worship when I was, oh gosh, when did I start doing that? Like 12 or 13, I started leading worship in the, in the um, middle school youth group. And oh, 
so yeah, we had a pretty extensive um, youth program at our church and uh, up in Cincinnati is where I grew up. And we would have every morning we'd have like a worship time and then we had like a message time just for the youth. And then we would have mm. our breakouts where we'd go and talk about stuff. And, um, and so my, my buddy, Scott, we are, um, and, and I would just lead, we would, we would get together and we'd lead worship. So we'd set everything up and we'd lead the worship practice and lead the worship and then tear everything back down um, and clean up. And, and then we all go to regular big church now for the, for the <laughs> second service. Um but you know that so that my experience started way back then, um, which now looking back, it feels like a long, 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 a whole lifetime ago. Um, but that's you know that's that's my experience it starts way back then, and I think that that influenced me. Um, you know the yeah. the the classical and then also the church music kind of the contemporary church music really back then. This was like the '90s where you know contemporary praise music was exploding in in oh, yeah christian circles and so you know that was my experience um of course all along i'm listening to the radio i'm listening to pop music i'm going to ichthus i'm doing all this stuff mm-hmm. and uh all those sounds I, see i feel like as people not just musicians i think as people everything we take in affects what comes out um and I don't, and, and I mean that in the sense that like whatever you hear musically, uh, it informs your own musical expression. Everybody has a musical expression, whether you're a musician or not. And what you hear, if you only listen to dance, pop dance music, then your vocabulary for making a musical expression of any kind is gonna be that vocabulary. Mm. But the more you take in, the more different types of things that you that you take in and learn, listen to and learn about, the more rich your musical expression becomes. Yeah. And um, because your vocabulary expands, you know, mm. it's like if you live in one place your whole life and never experience other languages, you're only going to be able to speak that one. But the more languages you learn and the more ways of expressing in certain languages that you learn the more ways you can express yourself through words yeah. and language. Same thing is true in music. And um, I think um, I think that's been a big, honestly, that's probably a bigger influence in my life than any one, any one, uh, you know, famous musician or whatever. That is really good because, you know, for, for me, you know, I've, I've said this before, but I have, um, I was, uh, in this uh, Gaither bubble, you might say, and and with Southern Gospel, mm-hmm. the big influence, big, but but to go, um, you know, church, some people at church, you know, rap, rap, Christian rap. Oh then, yeah, cool. And then having, uh, which I think is a brilliant brush to to music, and then you have, um, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I, and I started listening to all these different things, and I'm th- and I my brain was exploding, because because you can have these all these people are talking about Jesus. It's not all about just swelling and getting those vein, little veins to pop in in your neck for the tenors, but these people are are singing about Jesus that are using other art forms, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and. 
if you have you heard you talk about rap uh, have you heard of um have, have you met or heard of or know of um divine karama he is here uh he's a local artist here in lexington oh yes i have met him he came to brian station yeah he is yes. such he is such a cool human being and um as an artist he he just writes these most amazing just poetic ideas and he is someone that i think you would you would love to kind of familiarize yourself with his music and and um and, and learn about him and his just his poetry like just even he's just a writer and an author as well and his stuff is just amazing so really cool really cool stuff yes when you said and that also, i just thought about that <laughs> yes cool. and you know also outside i think of songs like you know outside of the christian world now you know some some of the saints might not think this but i think also sometimes looking in people in the especially the country world have a different view and sometimes it's a it's a uh, and a good view of of uh, life and that uh, comes into the gospel world too yeah i think of um a, you know merle haggard um, <laughs> a lot of his songs the a lot of them i think of uh, mama tried uh it's sad. It's very sad. But there is a, if you listen, there's an underlining meaning. You know, m- thank God for for praying, mamas. Thank God for people who who are um, who are on your side. Yeah, you know, a lot of times we listen to music and um, music with words, but we don't actually listen to the words. <clears throat> you know, I think that's where we get into. I, I wouldn't even. Maybe I call it trouble. But we get into places where we just don't even. We is you're just missing half of it. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, more than half of it sometimes, and you miss the interaction of the ideas. You know, there's there's capital T and there's lowercase t in this world, um, and you know, truth that is capital mm-hmm. T and truth that is lowercase t. You know, and all capital T truths are God's truths. Mm. And those can be found um, throughout every type of music that is made under the sun. Um, And when we hear those, when we, you know, experience those things, and we think, we listen, we think critically, we, we, um, you know, we don't just blindly take in everything as equal but we 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 listen and we think critically you know there's a richness in hearing other people's expressions Mm. of god's truth um and sometimes they don't even realize it sometimes they don't even realize that it's god's truth they they just know that it's true and and when we can experience that and listen to that um you know it it enriches our own lives as well Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and and you know, and I think for me, I love the hymns, and I I think I think you do too, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and I think you know we. I go to this uh, place, the CSF uh, Christian Student Fellowship, mm-hmm. and then also our church, 
And, uh, but I went to this recently, I went to this church <clears throat> just, you know, as one time and, uh, and, you know, we stand a lot now, uh, during the service when we sing. And, uh, so we were standing and then the last song, they said, we're going to sing this song. And, uh, they said, and it was all creatures are God and King. I thought, well, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> this is this is something and these were young people up on the stage singing so and i asked this question uh i think i've asked this before but um do you see the hymns do you think the hymns are dying no <laughs> that's an easy answer <laughs> <laughs> no no man not at all now i do think that and everyone's hunger for pop music in church because you know we a lot of churches i think get into this using the music as an outreach tool that it's just a tool there to serve you know getting people at the church um, kind of the sister act idea <laughs> remember the old, the old movie it's really old yes. movie now the sister yeah. act idea there's, you know there's an element of truth in that um I wouldn't say that it's completely false, but I would also say that that's not the point of music in our worship. And I think that um, many folks think that it is. I've, I've heard the statement. Like I've heard it said, you know, we need to have praise and worship music to bring the young people in. Like mm-hmm. praise, pop music in church is not going to bring people in to the church. That's just not true. Um, what it's going to do is it, it might excite the young people within the church, um, and it might bring a few in, um, but that's not the point of the music and worship anyway. Mm. The point of music and worship is an expression of faith. It's an expression of worship. So, yes. and that's the point of it. And now as, as people in the church, we have different modes of expression not everybody in the church listens to the same music outside of the church mm-hmm. hymns are not this special sacrosanct thing i mean hymns came about many of the protestant hymns that we use came about the same way that these praise and worship tunes are coming about right like they yeah. they start some of a lot of them started as bar songs back in the day and they, you know, were put put some Christian lyrics to them and then started singing them in the church, right? For probably some of the same reasons. And um, so I said there's not, there's not an, not an, I, I say there is an element of truth. It's not totally false that it can, but I don't think that it's going to, you know, solve the problems of the church like some think it will um and i don't think that our praise and worship tunes have the depth the spiritual depth Mm. that um a lot of our hymns do not all of our hymns are created equal (laughs) that is that's the other thing is like we lump them everything into categories not all praise and worship tunes are equally as valuable not all hymns are equally as valuable but it you know it's easy to oversimplify all of that and many do frequently but i think that um i don't think that they're dying i think that people's use of them may be dying but i do think that there is definitely a resurgence 
um, in the hymnody. Um, yeah. And, you know, in, in some good ways and some bad ways. Um, but I do think there's a re- resurgence of hymnody. I wish that it would always be, you know, the best of the hymns. I wish it would be always the richest of them. And it's not. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, it's the fluff in the hymnal. There is fluff in the hymnal, too. <laughs> so oh. that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. There's fluff in the hymnal. <laughs> oh. oh, you're going to, you might get some nasty letters off of that one. That's okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but, but I believe, um, I believe to bring them, and you know, you're right. And, and even with the ones that we're singing this, even this Sunday, there are ones that will survive mm-hmm. and there are ones that will die. And those ones that die, they they died for a reason. And and, <laughs> and and the hymns, some of the ones that we don't sing, you know, they didn't serve. But I think of I think of Fanny Crosby, a mm. beautiful songwriter, wrote five thousand songs, mm-hmm. and we only sing about nine about nine of them. Of course, so, of course, some of them, you know, of course, some of them she, you know, she wrote not by her name. But I think, you know, the songs that we sing and, and no matter what it is, at the end of the day, it's all about, for the worship leaders, it's all about pocket theology. What can we bring, what can we take to the people that they can sing throughout the week? Mm. So I, one of the things that, um, you know, I think that in 200 years, someone's going to be fishing around in whatever books are left and they're gonna they're gonna find an old hymn from 200 years ago 400 years ago from now it'll be a 600 year old hymn and they'll say wow this blows me away you know it's when we say they die they don't always die and not always you know the ones that die are necessarily the ones that should die Things can get um, neglected that are important things that can happen. And I think that, you know, it's not this, you know, anyways, I think that can happen. And and I think that rediscovery can also happen. Oh, yes. Yeah. And one of the things that I do, uh, one thing that I've got one of my tunes, you and I, earlier we're talking, before all this, we're talking about, um, you know, the recording projects that I've been working on. And one of the hymn tunes that I've got, one of the hymn arrangements that I have is actually the text from a hymn that is um, the, and the, the, the melody and the music I just got rid of and wrote my own. It's called Oh God Unseen Yet Ever Near. And um, oh. it's a beautiful hymn. And um, it's number 399 in the Chalice Hymnal. Um, and um so you can Google it and kind of see what those that text is. And it's an old English, you know, well, not old English, but it's, it's got those these and thous and ye and all that <laughs> stuff in it. And so I updated some of those things and rewrote the music for it and set that text to new music. And um, it's something that we do at our church all the time now. Um, and uh, it, I think there's also... A richness in that and taking some of the texts mm. 
and re-envisioning it with modern ears. Oh, yes. I don't think there's anything sacred or sacrosanct about the music from back then. Mm -hmm. Although some of it is beautiful. If it's beautiful, then use it. Use it. But if the music that was put to, that those words were put to, because oftentimes it's not at the same time. Oftentimes those hymns, Mm -hmm. you write words and then later it gets put to music or Right. Yeah, they have a tune like oh we need some words for this and so they put words to it right that happened right. that happened all the time and so you know sometimes you just throw out the music and and use the text if the text has some richness in it or vice versa yeah you know sometimes the music has richness to it but the text is kind of eh, this is not really great let's redo that and that's fine right there's nothing wrong with that either um yeah no. i think that's that's the point of creativity why we still have it yes and also i i think we talking you were talking earlier about um about instrumental i think that is one of the greatest i'm i'm not a songwriter i've written a song but nobody's going to hear it well come on now we we need to hear it (laughs) well maybe next episode Probably in 600 years, someone will discover it and say, <laughs> and say this is good. But right now, it's, You're ahead of your time. it's uh, on the shelf. But, but the most revo- the thing that I think about is the words are good and music is good. But, but when you have that instrumental to, to spe- you know, play an instrumental and say, that I know that tune. And, and you can worship with music as, as just instrumental is i think is also um important too mm-hmm. i think that can to have i think you're right i think that can happen even with unfamiliar tunes yeah tunes that are not even <clears throat> just i've experienced that with music that's not even written for church mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be explicitly written, oh, written yeah. for church to be worshipful and to to cause you to give thanks you know i mean um it can be you know but i've had experiences with church music where i'm like this does nothing i mean don't even connect with it so you know so those things aren't exclusive but uh, i think you're right that there's sometimes when you hear you hear a hymn tune that you recognize and immediately your brain makes those connections then it with some of the text and what it's yes. what it's meant to you over the years and um there is a there is a, a a really cool thing there there's a richness in that john williams a brilliant a lot I, he has an album out a new album uh called live at some place and the and he takes a lot of his scores that he's done over the years and his music, a lot of his music, classical, I think my lands. This is this is good stuff, Be- yeah. and it, it's it's really uh, good. Uh, what's uh, some things that you've learned uh, during this quarantine? Oh man, that is a good question. I have learned some patience. I've learned that. It is it is important to uh, remember to center yourself and to find ways to relax 
and that seems like yeah. a weird thing. Um, I think we're all having our own experiences with, with the quarantine. Um, some people aren't even quarantining at all. Um, but I think we're all having our own experiences with it. And, yeah. you know, as, as someone, my experience is here in a house with my family, with my young kids who are in elementary school. And there's a lot of energy floating around. <laughs> there's a lot of movement you know some people's experience with this has been really still and calming and i think that's wonderful um for those of us who are you know surrounded by movement and stuff and those of us that you know struggle with anxiety you know i'm someone who struggles with anxiety and i know there are a lot of people who do and um with with that kind of thing, you know, everything going on in the world and it's, it's important to remember to center yourself Mm. because you can lose that connection and you can lose that centering and just end up when you, you know, you think about, um, I think about a, uh, like a, like a moving vehicle, like a train. Right. And if you're moving, along in that train or if you think about a storm this this is a better analogy let's go with this one a storm i love this analogy i've heard it so many times but you're in the in the middle of that storm calm Mm. resting you know just trusting Mm. and around you all the chaos is going on but you feel insulated from that because you've centered yourself on god with god communion with God and you have that centering you have that trust there's a big relief that comes with that and there's a big Mm. there's also a big uh big not the right word there's also a um a settling of things in that um and remembering to rest and center yourself I think has been the hardest thing to do Mm. and the biggest lesson that I've learned because um, once you do when you're able to and it's a constant struggle it's never it's not like oh you just send yourself okay done with that now I can do everything else um, but once you do and and you're able to keep that then you're you're able to handle things and and process and move through mm-hmm. a time like this much more um at your best does that make sense mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and i think that that's important and and i don't always do that i think it, it's important to admit we don't always do that i know i don't and um when when i do i find myself um in a much better place um than when i don't and i think that's been mm-hmm. the biggest lesson for me you get you get more you know there's more creation going on you can create things more you have more energy to um, not just handle stresses and things, but you have more energy to create and to do um, than you do when you're all those energies are being spent, just like trying to hold back the storm yourself. Mm, Um, Yeah. So anyways, I think that's probably been, been the biggest thing for me. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. Uh, Blessings to you and uh you have a good day absolutely thanks for having me i really appreciate it I, this has been really fun uh, this is cool yes yes um 
and uh, uh, we'll maybe talk to you later. Who knows? With this COVID, we uh, who knows what we'll see. But thank you for doing this. Absolutely. And uh, you have a good